The difference between throwing 97 and 100 is really not a lot. Mm. We can still add a little length mm. to make the levers a little longer. Mm. Um, so cleaning that up, just making it more efficient. Correct. More efficient, more smooth. More, more smooth. on time, more deliverable, more... And that's probably at least one right there. Yeah. Because when I tell you, like, obviously I was emptying the tank you know but it's like honestly i thought about this too i was like that was a bullpen where if i'm being honest with you i wasn't feeling that much adrenaline obviously a little bit was there but it yeah. wasn't like a game correct it was not like a game because a game you get to the point where you're like shaking and shit correct you know so it's like i feel like in a game if everything matched up how it was on pro day in terms of like me drinking that bang my warm-up yeah. me finishing my bang i would have been yeah. you feel me on top of the actual adrenaline I could have been eight could have been or seven five okay I know about that could have been a hundred I don't know about that I mean it's just gonna be a lot different when you're in the Tokyo Dome because that environment's gonna be a whole lot different I'm not gonna feel I'm not gonna feel my legs I'm not gonna be able to hear my own thoughts it's gonna be just straight just fleshes of meat moving through time and space <laughs> Just limbs moving in Tokyo. <laughs> Is that not the best way to put it? Yeah, I mean... Just a bunch of limbs flying around, dude. You're going to come back from Tokyo, you're going to be eight pounds heavier. You think so? <laughs> you're going to be fat as shit. Worth it, though. Worth it. 100% worth, worth, worth it. Are you ready to rock? Yep. Okay. Um, so I guess just go ahead and start us off. Kind of walk us through your journey. Go back to high school if you got to. For sure. Tell us about the recruitment process. Where'd you end up? What happened? That kind of that kind of spiel. Yeah. So originally I was born in Singapore, but I grew up in the U.S. I grew up right outside of Atlanta in Norcross, Georgia, for like about 15 years, and went to Duluth High School in Duluth, Georgia. And so after my junior year at Duluth. Um, that's when I kind of started to get some offers from some schools, mostly um, D2s, some JUCOs, a couple D3 schools, um, not a single Division One offer out of high school. I was like 86, sitting like 86, 88, topped 89 one time at Lake Point that summer. Um, could pitch, like I those strikes with fastball curveball changeup at the time. And best offer that I had in my mind at that point in time was Columbus State University in Columbus, Georgia, a, a D2 in the Peach Belt Conference. So end up making my decision to go play there, go there my freshman year and um, really good team, really good senior class that had like a ton of pitchers and also just really wasn't ready. So decided to redshirt my freshman year. Just regular normal redshirt my freshman year and then second year sophomore year at columbus um so 2018 started to make some strides a little bit of improvement and ended up throwing i think eight eight point one innings so in my mind i was like okay we're making some improvements like definitely i actually had a role on the team this year um velo wise i was probably like 87, 89, top of 90, 91 every now and then that year. Um, and then third year at Columbus State, still working my butt off in the off season, um, trying to get a bigger role, you know, it's my third year now. So it's like, let's just try to get a bigger role, obviously. Um, and like I said, previous year, I had 8.1 innings. My third year at Columbus, I had 8.2. So, you know, at this point, it had been three seasons at Columbus State. I have 17 innings over a span of three years. And, you know, after I talked to the coach at Columbus State in my exit meeting after spring of 2019, we kind of decided that, you know, I kind of needed a uh, change of scenery. Needed a change of scenery because, you know, he told me he was like, um, 
I know you want to pitch. You know, you work hard. I know that you care about this. You're not just on the team to be on the team. Like, you actually give a crap about baseball. You want something to come out of this. Like, this is your passion. And he was very open and willing to help me through that entire process of finding a new team. Yeah. So I was very grateful that he was, you know, open-minded about that to helping me find a new team. So long story short, I go home after the spring of 19 and I remember I emailed like 25, 30 division two schools in Georgia, uh, Florida, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, just to see, just to reach out and see who, you know, would uh, reach back. And the first school to reach back was Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. And so at the time I'd heard of Lee, but I didn't know much about him. I knew that they were like kind of a NAIA powerhouse that had recently turned into a Division II program. And so they reached out along with a couple other schools, but Lee was the first one to really hop on and say, come out for a visit, like we want you on campus. So the next week, drove over to Lee, um, got on tour, coach offered, and I told them that, you know, I was going to give them a couple of days, but I ended up obviously making the choice to go to Lee. I thought they had a really good program, a really good school with a beautiful campus. So I was like, I mean, no complaints over here, you know, like I'm just a guy that I needed another opportunity. I needed another shot. I was going into my fourth year of college with 17 innings and zero starts. So um, it was definitely a new opportunity that I am to this day, like super grateful for them, you know, taking that chance on me. And so I get to Lee, first year there was COVID year, was 2020. And I actually um, earned a starting role that year. I earned the Sunday job to be a starter. And at the time I was like, you know, super excited. Like I was like, wow, like, you know, senior year, fourth year, like finally I actually like a little bit of a breakthrough. Yeah. You know, like worked my absolute ass off to get the starting job. Um, did decent that year. I think I was like two and oh, gave up a ton of runs, but like we're winning for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then once COVID hit, this is kind of when the whole story kind of takes a turn, yeah. honestly. Um, get home from COVID in March or whenever it was like yeah, mid to late March. And I just remember like telling myself that the first couple of days that I was home, like, like just having a real ass conversation with myself, man to man in the mirror, like straight up, like, bro, you're 22. I want to play pro. I want to play affiliated, obviously, just like anybody else does. Correct. But I'm 22. I was 88, 91, top 93 that year, which was, you know, solid college yeah, a steady, pitcher. A steady progression. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But elite, elite the Division two level. But I wasn't getting any professional attention. Right. And obviously that was the goal. So I had that sit down conversation with myself and I was just like, bro, if we're going to be stuck inside for six months, seven months, eight months, whatever the hell it's going to be, screw it. I'm going to come out of this the best I possibly can. Like I am going to work harder. Like I just took it upon myself. It was like, it's almost like a deal that I had with myself that like, bro, I don't care about anything, anyone other than just growing harder getting better and just working my butt off every day in quarantine and then once i get back to school whether it's you know spring of 21 or however long covid was going to be like hey the chips are going to fall where they may and i can just proudly say i literally did everything i could over covid to develop myself Correct. into whatever that was going to be you know yeah so also long story short during covid um, you know, I looked a lot of, there was a lot of tread posts, Dr. Heenan posts. Um, Robbie Rowe was also a big help for me over COVID because obviously when we're all inside like on TikTok, Instagram, whatever. Like I was doing a lot of just research in general, just Correct. learning, learning more about how to throw harder, how to develop myself, you know, and just try things and trial and error, you know? Yeah. And so basically, you know, from Robbie Rowe, I kind of figured out that my arm was so long and stabby in the back that whenever I would land, my arm was late. Yeah. 
every single throw. Yeah. So I was like 88, 91, my, like, my foot would land and my arm's like here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I had to bring it all the way up. But it's like, I thought that was normal. I didn't know that that was a mechanical flaw. Like, I didn't know that that was like a big problem for me to have. Yeah. And then I saw through Robbie Rowe, like, how he kind of made his transformation with shortening his arm path. And I was like, I'm just going to give it a shot and see what happens. Yeah. I ended up working out six days a week throughout COVID. Um, I was hitting heavy, 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 heavy single leg squats, yeah. pistol squats, single leg RDLs on top of heavy deadlifts too and like heavy back stuff. Um, but I think that was definitely like the main ingredient to like what happened in the future because yeah. for the first time in my life, cause I had always like worked hard in the off season, but it would be like a lot of, you know, back squats or like leg press machine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm lifting your typical gym bro kind of diet. You know what I'm saying? But then when I actually started incorporating like heavy split squats, reverse lunges, barbell RDLs, pistol squats, side lunges on top, on top, obviously of hip mobility every single day, yeah. T-spot mobility. That's when everything kind of started to come together because at the end of those six months, when I got back to Lee, the fall of 2020, um, I was 205. And for reference, I had never been a pound above 188 in my life. Like I, I was, <laughs> I was 180, I was 183 to 188 for about three years. I just, I couldn't get over it. Yeah. I couldn't get over it. I was 188 to 188, yeah, 183 to 188 for basically my entire college career. And so when I got back to Lee, I was 205 and all my teammates thought I was like taking shit. And I'm <laughs> like, bro, no, it's literally just creatine and protein right after you eat and sleep 12 hours because it was COVID. So we have nothing yeah. else to do. You know what I mean? So I was literally recovering as best as I could, eating dinner as soon as I got home from the gym, yeah. drinking my shake in the car as soon as I get done with my workout so it hits my body immediately. And doing that every single day for six months turned into a little more velo. So yeah. I get back to Lee that fall. I believe it was the second or third bullpen i was sitting like 96 97 on the rap soto mm -hmm. and then i threw one and i remember there was like a tent with like all my teammates huddled around it and my pitching coaches in the middle with the rap soto and they're all looking like after every pitch and i threw one and it was 98.6 and they were all like going crazy and i was like like what happened like it, it couldn't have been that wild like you know, because the whole bullpen, they hadn't told me I was 96, 97 yeah. the whole time. I had no idea. And over COVID, there's no one's open. So I don't know how hard I'm throwing, like, yeah. to, when I'm throwing to a fence for six months. You know, like, no one's telling me. It's just all IDAR at that point. Yeah. And even my IDAR wasn't saying it was 96. <laughs> IDAR you tells know? you it's 89. Yeah, yeah. IDAR is like, yeah. that's just the exact same. Like, all this hard work is just not paying off. Just haven't gotten any better. You know? Yeah. And so they told me it was 98.6. And I mean, obviously I was just like in disbelief, but at the same time, it was like, like all the work, Yeah, it showed up, showed up. And so that fall on pro day, I was like 95, 97, I believe, if I remember correctly. And I, that was like my first ever time talking to any kind of pro scout, yeah. MLB team. And so that fall, I, I was in touch with like six or seven MLB clubs, just kind of reaching out, getting basic information. And so that spring now, so 2021 spring, um, we had our best year in the history of the program. We won our conference, the Gulf South Conference for the first time, won the regular season for the first time in school history. Mm -hmm. I finally kind of had like my breakout year. I was one of the back end bullpen relievers along with my boys, Andy Rivera, Mike Hendricks, and um, I, I think I was like out of the bullpen, like six and one with like a two eight or something. But yeah. at the time I was like, dude, like I never dreamed of having a like somewhat very successful college season. Because yeah. I had literally gone four years of college of being like a guy just trying to find their way, man. Just yeah. trying to 
adjust to college, to Correct. college baseball. And so that season kind of showed me that like, I've definitely taken a step up and if I keep working my ass off and going on this track, who knows what's going to happen. Yes. So fast forward after 2021 spring, 2021 summer, I go to play for the Wilmington Sharks in the Coastal Plains League. Yeah. And very first outing, I, um, it was the first inning, got through it clean. I get back in the dugout and my manager goes, you got another one for me. I'm like, sure, of course. I feel great. No one ever says no. I feel great. Why not? No one ever says no. It was like the seventh inning. So, yeah, I'll go back back out for the eighth. Like, no problem. You're out for the eighth, first batter. I think it was like the second or third pitch. As It was a fastball. And as soon as, soon as it left my fingers, I didn't hear a pop or anything. But, yeah. like, it was just extreme pain. Correct. Yeah. On the inside of my elbow. Yeah. And so, at that point... I kind of knew I was hoping it'd be a sprain because I could still like deadlift yeah. and do certain exercises. And I was like, I was like, I was telling myself like, Oh, it's, if it's torn, like that's probably going to hurt. Yeah. Get the MRI. It's partial tear. Knee Tommy John. Yeah. Long story short, I get the internal brace and because I got that surgery, I was able to come back about a month into the season for 2022 at Lee. Yeah. This entire last fall, I, or two falls ago, I guess, I was just rehabbing. I wasn't a part of the team practices. Yeah. Couldn't do anything because I got the surgery in the middle of the summer. Yeah. So obviously the rest of that summer, fall, I was rehabbing. And then come spring, I missed like the first month of the season. And then after that first month, um, we were about, month and a half, I guess. We were like 12 and 17. We were struggling. We were struggling a little bit, needed some answers. Um, and I think I came back, yeah, after one month and we ended up winning the Gulf South Conference tournament nice. for the first time in school history. So it was almost like 2021, 2022 were like just years of like, high highs and low lows yeah. and like and then again it ended on a super high high with you know our team coming through in the in the tournament and us being able to win the whole thing for the first yeah. time in program history so i was really happy to be a part of that with the group that we had so that that was really cool and then last thing after the spring 2022 spring i went to play summer ball up in ohio in the MLB Draft League for the Mahoney Valley Scrappers. Yeah. And had a good summer, um, put up some decent numbers, but didn't get a single phone call, text, message, conversation, um, anything from any scout anywhere. Um, so that was a little frustrating, of course, because I thought I, you know, was a little deserving of, you know, some sort of communication, but it is what it is. You keep moving. Yeah. You keep going. And so I decided after that summer to start working with you guys here at Shred. And I've been in-house now for probably a month and a half, close to two months since I've been here. I mean, first couple of bullpens were like 88, 91. Didn't really know what the heck was going on. And then we make a couple adjustments with me utilizing my pec a little more because you know, I was getting a little too short yeah. and kind of cutting myself off and just being from here to there instead of actually utilizing my pec a little bit. And then obviously what I've talked about with the anterior tilt with my pelvis and how I was like tilting it the other way, Correct. which was making me go straight into my quad. And so that was obviously very, very helpful before the pro day this past Sunday. Before the, the, the big day. pro day. The, the big, big day. The big pro day. Um, yep. So let's, so, so walk me through anticipation for what the pro day was, right? It's um it's a big event, regardless of who puts a pro day on, right? Yeah. It's always a it's a big event. Guys' careers are on the line. And going into that, knowing that, hey, like I could truly change my career with one bullpen, like what was your thoughts the week of, the month of, other than the the panic mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, for sure. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say like there was any sort of panic. It was more excitement than anything because this is the opportunity that we've all been working for literally our whole life, you right. know. So obviously like it's in the back, it was in the back of my mind every day when I wake up, when I'm doing DoorDash here, like driving around, like obviously I'm thinking of it. I'm, I'm, but I was mainly like visualizing how it was going to go. Yeah. You know, did like, you, did you visualize it going as well as it did? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I visual, I visualized it to go well. Well, correct. Yes. Well, we both, you did. know. I visualized it to where I was landing everything for strikes. My fastball was going to be there. You know, I was I was visualizing a, a really good bullpen. Correct. A, profe just, a professional looking bullpen. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so every night, like, I would spend a few minutes, like, really, like, trying to feel myself in that situation and, like, seeing the catcher and how everything's going to feel and look coming out of my hand. L really just mentally preparing. It yeah. wasn't so much like, oh, so-and-so is going to be there, like freak out or anything yeah, it doesn't matter yes exactly day, it doesn't exactly uh, so it was more so like building up that excitement because as you know with everyone else that works out in here like everyone's preparing their ass off every single day so a combination of that preparation it, it builds a subconscious like confidence that it's just another day it's just another bullpen in, in another sense right you know just another bullpen almost and we talked about that yeah, like it true. It truly, it's a really big day for some guys, right? Um, but I, I think truly the hardest part to understand is that it's just another moment, right? Um, and I, I thought you handled it really, really well. I know that we have talked about it and stuff like that. But like when I told you, I said, "Look, like I don't, I don't care what you have today. I just want you to give me what you have." Exactly. And that was that was my priority too yeah that I, just was want, I wanted too. you to be able to leave the best version of yourself on the line correct that's truly all that matters yeah right if you were able to come off the mound and say look i gave you everything man that was all i had right and that was truly all i wanted and that right? I, I gave literally you all gave, i had you gave <laughs> I, that was every, all i had every little ounce of it right correct which is i mean and it showed right now you have a job right so i guess you can go ahead and talk about kind of the the whirlwind the, the whirlwind of emotions that you had to go through the well what 72 hours after yeah 72 hours yeah. after um yeah it all kind of started with i guess you guys posting it on instagram because first of all i did not you know expect that at all and i appreciate you guys being able to put my name yeah, out there like me, that man. you Thank know content exactly all the all the content guys ben everyone for putting my name out there. I mean, really, I was not expecting that in, in the slightest. Um, but then the very next day, I'm at Walmart and I get a call from the Rays and they wanted to like offer me I get the first contract yeah. for the team. Which is huge because that's, exactly. that's, that's simply the dream, right? You just simply- Exactly. And, you know, in the moment I was kind of like, I guess I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to be a Ray. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, that's, that was my first call with any pro team in over two years. Yeah. Like I, I haven't talked to a single scout in two plus years yeah. since I got surgery. Truly a big moment. Yeah. So it was definitely a super feeling of excitement whenever yeah. I got that call. And then within the next day, end up getting calls from uh, the Yankees, Giants, Orioles, Angels, and I think I'm one. But I think it was, it was those teams that were really the, the main teams that were pursuing me. Yeah. And after talks with you, my family, um, my agent, Matt Gaeta, he... Oh, he really, really helped me, like, you know, pave the way and kind of like make the decision a lot clearer than if it was just me by myself. Yeah. You know? And so at the end of the day, we thought the best option for me in the situation that I'm in right now would be the LA Angels. And so I couldn't be happier to be a part of the organization and uh, get a picture with Otani soon, hopefully. <laughs> We all get to meet our heroes eventually, man. Yeah, yeah, um, that'd be ideal. But yeah, so I guess we can go ahead and talk about kind of the profile. I think what initially sparked the interest, right, um, was obviously the splitter. 
because um, it's different. There's not too many people who throw a true like knuckle split essentially. Um, and I know we've talked we've talked about Sanga before, Kodai Sanga. Yeah. Um, about his fork and uh, trying to get see if we can get similar numbers. Um, obviously, I don't know exactly what his numbers are. Um, I have a rough idea or estimate, I guess. Of the yeah, yeah. Yeah, of what the pitch would look like. Um, but I think it's, it's, you know, as cool as that profile is, I want to say the the fastball truly actually ended up carrying most of the way. Really? The two, the, yeah, the differences between the two pitches to me is Dang. what truly puts the arsenal, you know, above and beyond of what it actually is. Um, your fastball profile is extremely unique. There's not too many people who carry the ball that well and cut the ball at the same time. Um, so it's kind of a rarity. Uh, but yeah, I guess we can talk about the splitter first since that's pretty For much sure. the most, it's the most interesting one. The fastball yeah. just happens. Um, the splitter is definitely not just a just happens scenario. So yeah. how did you, how did you start throwing it? Why did you start throwing it? Yeah. Uh, Great, what do you, great what do you want to get out of it? Great know? question. Yeah. It all started, I'm trying to think. So like I was saying earlier in high school, I had a change up, but I had a very like unorthodox grip to it. My pitching coach, like growing up in Georgia, Clint Conley, my man to this day, love that man, like a, like another father. But he taught me the change up grip when I was like 12 and I carried it all the way till like freshman, sophomore year at Columbus State. Yeah. And it's like, so four scene would be there Forcing would be there, and then I would move all the fingers over, right? And so it looks like a basic grip, right? Yeah. Looks like a basic grip. The thing is, whenever I got here, I would lift my middle finger to take, to, just to take my the entire pressure of my middle finger off the ball. Okay. And so it worked. Like after years of throwing it, it would, I could throw it as hard as I could, but because this pressure was just completely off the ball, it would just slip out and just go. 73 76 you know it'd be super <laughs> yeah, slow gravity ball almost like a gravity ball yeah essentially and it, it worked and i was it was a good pitch in high school and then once i got to college i had a hard time commanding it and then eventually when i got to lee it was more like i was a two-pitch guy it was yeah. i was fastball slider out of the bullpen yeah. you know for just fastball slider and so it was really this summer 2022 like that recently that I was throwing with my throwing partner, Frank Ellisalt, every day. And he has a nasty changeup. This slots like right here, grips it, just rips it, straight UFO spin to it. Yeah. And I'm catching it every day. Like, bro, please, I will do anything in this world to get a changeup half as good as that. Like, yeah. please teach me your grip. So he's showing me his grips and I'm trying them. And one out of every six actually has some fade to it and yeah. is an actual changeup. The other ones are just like straight down or just flat. Yeah. And so at this point, it's like a month into the draft league. I haven't thrown it in a game yet. I was just fastball slide a curveball in a game. Yeah. Because I wasn't confident with it. And then I'm just sent at home one day after a game. And I'm just like messing with the ball. And I'm just like... This feels really comfortable. Like this is literally zero strain on my fingers, my hand, nothing. I can just go from a two seam to this yeah. just in no problem. And that, and that is the grip now, right? Exactly. And so that day when I was messing around with my grips, I was like, I mean, what feels comfortable? Cause that was yeah. the main thing for me. Cause I've never thrown a split. No one's ever taught me to throw a split. This is just, oh, I've seen Kodai Senga, Otani highlights and they have a filthy splitter, let's just try something, Yeah, you know? And so I was like, you know what? Let's just try two seam, split it and throw it. Yeah. So that day when I was throwing with Frank, I was like, Frank, here you go, splitter. Just try it. I throw it, it starts like at his chest and it just dropped down to like his ankles. I'll never forget because I was like, how did that just happen? Like literally, how did that just happen? And I remember he caught it like this, you know, turns his head like yeah. this. He looks at me, he goes, you are never throwing a changeup <laughs> ever again for the rest you of your life. Banned from changeup. For, for the rest of your life, you're never throwing a changeup. I was like, 
I was like, don't lie to me right now. Like, don't tell me it was actually a good pitch that like had depth on it and had decent velocity on it. He goes, dude, it was perfect. So that night, that night I go into the game. I think we're playing the uh, State College Spikes at home. Yeah. And I told my catcher, I'm like, look, I don't, I'm not throwing a change up right now, but I'm trying this split. So we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. First pitch of the inning, he calls it. First pitch of the inning, he calls it. Welcome to it, kid. So first of all, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, look, I'm going to pull this out in the game, first of all, like just randomly. Yeah. Okay, like that's. And then now my catcher is calling it first pitch of the inning. It was a lefty, too. So I was like, you know what? Not a bad idea. Yeah. I throw it. It lands like a foot in front of home plate and he swung. And I just remember like standing there like, I guess it works. <laughs> I guess it works. No I, literally just, I was just no like, better way to know. I was just like a middle. Yeah. Throw it right down the middle. I throw it right down the middle and then it just went boop. Yeah. And he swung over the top of it. And I was like, there's no way a pitch that I just tried three hours ago in catch play is now maybe like possibly my best off speed correct yeah so that outing i, I threw like 12 splitters like every 0-2, 1-1 i was like nope nope not slider not fat nope split yeah i, I just like fell in love with it yeah yeah. I, I, yeah exactly yeah and so long story short i end up finishing up the summer the summer uh throwing the split slider fastball and i mean split was Good against lefties and righties, I believe. I don't know the exact numbers on it. It's good against But, yeah, I figured it was um, getting decent results against yeah. both of them. Um, and so that's that's literally how I throw and kind of interpret my own splitter is that I just naturally have these hands that I can just comfortably yeah. split. And it's such a nice thing to have because at release – I'm not thinking pronate because yeah. because I'm so over the top, like you yeah. said, like 11.45. Yeah, every now and then. 12, 11.45, 12, or yeah. whatever release angle that I'm at. Like, it's just hard for me to really get that at the end consistently. Correct. Because yeah. I can do it every now and then, yeah. but just on a consistent basis, having a at least decent changeup, it's just, it hasn't been working for me. Yeah. And uh, and that's a pitch that we'll truly probably never have to do anything to. Yeah. Right. Unless all of a sudden starts side spinning or something like that. Like yeah, then we can change some stuff. But it's, I mean, it's unique to you. Um, it fits your fastball profile just because I mean you've thrown some at negative sixteen inches of vertical. Right. It, I mean they weren't hard, but you can do it. It has that. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah correct. And. And since it knuckles so much, the actual variance of movement profile makes it extremely difficult, right? Um, and that's something that we've talked about, you know, several times now at this point where it's like, hey, like, your only objective is to throw it at the face mask. And let it and rise. Let, let it, it dance. Let that puppy dance. Let it dance. And, let it do what it's going to do. And Yeah, and I, I think that's truly what's going to make you successful. Obviously, the fastball's good. Um, we know the fastball's good. I, I need you to throw it 100, but, you know, the fastball's good. Give me, like, two more months. We'll yeah, two, two more months. Yeah, we'll get there. A, a month, um, which is a good segue. Bring me into, you know, the rumor mill um, about this upcoming World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Which you might be a part of. Correct. Which has all happened in the past week. Everything. Along, along with Everything contract madness. Everything <laughs> trying to figure out uh, madness and now uh, an yeah. opportunity to play against who I imagine is your hero, right? One of your, He's one, one of them. Your, one of your He's idols one of them. is Shohei Otani. Um, so kind of what we, what we thinking? Are we excited? I know, you know, you're representing team China uh, or will be. Yep. Um, with the opportunity to throw against, you know, Shohei quite Otani. possibly the, you know, greatest baseball player of all, all generation time. of all time. No, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. There's really no debate. But I agree. Um, for those that don't know, my mother is from China. Correct. Was born and raised in China, and then she moved over to the states about 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and then my father is from here. He's born in Missouri in a military family. Um, so because my mother was born in China, that's what qualifies me 
to be able to have even have that opportunity to play for Team China. Correct. And so I think it was like three or four days ago now, I woke up to a phone call from one of the coaches for Team China, and he was telling me how he saw the video on Tread, did some research, and wanted to reach out to see if I was interested in the opportunity. And I've honestly thought of playing for Team China for like four, five, six years now. Like ever since really? I got into college, like, I mean, I, I looked up the qualifications. I was like, I mean, let's see, let's just see. Like, like <laughs> see if I qualify. Because I can't play with Team USA right now. That ain't, you know, that ain't happening yet. Yeah. So I was like, let's try to finesse something with Team China. And so I remember looking up the qualifications, like freshman year at Columbus State, and it was one of your parents has to be born in the native country. Mm. And I was like, it's that easy? Wait, so like technically I could. Yeah. So then I was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, now it's just a matter of getting to the talent level and like after college. So I'm actually right. like eligible to play in it. Mm. So right now we're in the process of getting all my birth certificates processed, passports, getting my mom's birth certificate from China, all that kind of situated mm -hmm. in order for me to go over to Tokyo next month and possibly pitch against Otani and Seiya Suzuki and you play against Darvish Senga in the Tokyo Dome next month. So I'm really excited to track out Otani. That would be really fun. Yeah, let's... That would be really fun. We can keep that one on the back burner. We'll make sure we get that one clipped just in case. All right, in case that one happens, we'll have that one clipped. Um, yeah, I mean, I think from obviously from, from my perspective, because... I mean, I don't play anymore. Um, that was always one of the only things that I truly ever wanted. Um, yeah, of course, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a big leaguer. I want to win a World Series. And then I started getting older. Um, my entire family is a military family. And I wanted to represent Team USA more than anything yeah. on planet. Because it's it's awesome. It's, it is. It's, a cool, it's the entire world coming together as a culmination of everyone's efforts and playing against each other playing the best game too. correct it's it's simply like there's simply nothing better and to be at tokyo dome is obviously going to be unbelievable right um because i mean we've all seen we've all seen games in tokyo and it's pretty unbelievable so and as you know as a former division two baseball player division the uh the crowds player. that we're playing in front of is probably not it's, quite yeah. on par of the uh tokyo dome correct yeah so yeah. i our, probably won't be able to feel my legs but we'll see, we'll yeah, see. Our, our division two background even you know you know not to brag you know, i did win two con two conference titles sorry about it yeah you know and, and regional Okay, well, yeah. when i was at columbus we went to the national championship game ah uh, okay yeah there's the we lost it but we went well, okay, well, at least you went. Um, but yeah, so I would say there's definitely definitely going to be a little bit of difference than the standing crowd of, you know, 87 people when it's freezing cold outside. And they're all chanting together whenever Japan's hitting. Correct, yeah, which she'll be throwing against. Which Correct. will definitely be, you know, an extremely unique experience. And I will say you guys probably have the most fire hats in the entire they're WBC. Nice. They're, yeah, you saw them, you looked pretty, them up? Yeah, they're pretty, yeah, they're, they're pretty fire. Yeah. But I'm they're, excited more than anything. I think it's a great opportunity to kind of display that, like, obviously China is behind on baseball compared to Korea, Japan, just because it's not as popular over there yeah. for whatever reason. But I'm hoping to somewhat put that on the map of just, yeah. you know, a little more than what it is right now so that yeah. kids that are playing in China or even American asian kids yeah. in the u.s that have chinese descent yeah. you know would like to play for china or team japan or whatever it may be yeah. in the wbc and the I, opportunity comes. i think this i think this also gives you a full opportunity to kind of show where you are at essentially the highest level right um you'll be fit and you'll be i don't know how many times i have to bring it up she'll be facing the greatest player on planet earth right now and to be able to actually put you know, a culmination of however many years of work out onto a field and be able to express that and show that to other people that like, hey, like, I worked my ass off to be here, right? Is gonna be, is gonna be huge. Like, it'll, it'll truly show you what you have, you know what I mean? Like there, there won't be any piece that I think that you'll leave behind and you're, you're good. Yeah, I'll yeah, be ready. We, yeah, so like, I'll be ready. you'll, you know, and I don't have to worry about you, you know, not leaving anything on the mound, which is 
you know, something we always talk about, like, hey, I, I don't need you to leave any piece of you not on the mound today. I need you to make sure you give me everything you have. And I'm, I'm excited to see you, even if I got to watch it at 3 a.m., you know what I mean? I'll, I'll still be watching. <laughs> okay, so you better stay up for that. Yeah, better stay it'll up be for the, that. the only time I stay up past my bedtime. And worth it, though. Old guy these days. Worth so, it. It's going to be worth man. it. Um, I'll give you some extra gear, too. I'll try to bring back please. some yeah, team please. China gear for you. Please. I, uh, I'll, I'll rep all day. Perfect. All day. Um, I need yeah. more tread gear, though. That's the only thing. Oh. All right. Okay. I was about to say, come on now. I got like right, t-shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I don't handle the gear yeah, stuff, okay. man. Perfect. I'm, perfect. A, I'm a program writer. Fair enough. Coach aficionado. Fair enough. Good excuse. Oh, yeah, it's a good excuse. I know. Um, so I, I think probably a good segue would probably be to go ahead and talk about, you know, what are you excited for in the future? What are you excited to work on? We don't have to really talk about mechanics that much. You already are pretty good. Um, let's talk about like what kind of limitations you think that you have. I'll kind of tell you if you're wrong or not. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just kind of go from there. I'm mean, really just excited to get my feet wet first and foremost with the entire professional side of baseball. Yeah. I know that it's very business oriented, business driven. So everything's you know washed under a microscope and. It's all about results now. So it's kind of a shift in mindset from college to pro. And so I'm definitely gonna try to learn how to pitch under those circumstances, like in that environment, knowing that every outing matters. Correct. Every single outing matters and develop- Every, every pitch matters. Every, yeah, every pitch matters. Yeah. Um, but development wise, really just honing in on that split, obviously, like keeping the fastball where it is, yep. if not, you know, ticking up a little bit more, obviously, because who doesn't want to just a tad bit more on it? Everyone um, does, yeah. Correct. And then on the split, really just making it a pitch that I can be so comfortable throwing in the zone at any point in time while also having like a 0-2-1-2 version of a split that's kind of like a fork ball or a Senga ball or however yeah. you want to say, where it just, you know, starts down the middle and then just drops. Correct. Yeah. So, and also possibly with my slider, probably tightening it up a little bit. Sometimes it can probably get a little sweepy. Gets a little some bad. days it's gyro-y, some days it's sweepy, yeah. even though it's, it'll be like the same velo Correct. with both metrics on it. So, or movement profiles, I should say, Correct. on it. So really getting a more tighter slider that's more gyro, because I've had success with it so far being a more up to down movement right. profile. So definitely making that more consistent um, and a little bit tighter. Splitter, just getting a better feel, which will just come in time. And then throw a little bit harder based off of, you know, getting that peck a little more involved. Like you always say. Year of it, baby. Exactly. Year of the peck. Exactly. Real. Every year's year of the peck. Every year, it always has been. Yep. Um, Okay, let's completely backtrack. Okay. Let's talk about Division Two baseball. Okay. Obviously, I'm a, you know, D2 boy at heart. We're both D2 bandits. Um, you know, I did play one year of Division One baseball. Not bad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so. Crazy. I'm going to give my contract to you, actually. You got it. <laughs> you got a big dog. You got a big dog. Um, but no, I obviously, I, you know, I, I spent five years at Division Two, Um, so I kind of you know, understand the trials and tribulations of playing at a non-Division One school. Um, even though, I, you know, I, I mean, I played in mid-major, right? I didn't, I didn't play I mean, at Vanderbilt. It's still Division One baseball. Yeah, and, it, and there, there are differences. Correct. Right. But um, Division Two baseball, in your mind, what was, what was it like to you? Was it enjoyable? What did you hate? Did you hate anything? Because I can tell you right now, I hated tarp pulls. I mean, of course, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Pulling the tarp that, at 7 a.m. Where's Andrew Wright? Uh, no, that was that was definitely brutal when it's snowing and you got. Oh yeah. There was, no, there was one game at Lee where we had like three feet of snow, and we we had no tools to help us whatsoever. The 40 of us in the coaching staff were literally just rolling snow in the outfield. So you guys did that and too. And we played the same day. You guys did that too? Yes, we played the same day. All right, we did. None of us had gloves on, yeah. nothing. Like we just, we literally grinded out there for like, it felt like 10 hours. Yeah, like I think it was like, it was like four or five. Yeah. 
but it was just i mean freezing at every part of your body and like we played later that night obviously like the the track and everything was just covered in snow yeah. still but the field itself was like i guess playable playable um but i mean overall the the d2 experience was overall definitely enjoyable yeah you know it's like it's a very very high it's very competitive in the peach belt conference and the gulf south conference yeah. like it's hard for me to sit here and say which conference is better because every team every top five team in each conference all the starters on those teams are division one players yeah they just either got under recruited or they're the same this is what i've noticed too i don't know about you a lot of d2 players are just as talented as a d1 player they're just smaller it just the talent's the exact yeah. same the talent is the exact same but they're just a 5'10 version of a guy that's at Tennessee who's 6'3 with whatever tools, but the guy at Lee has the same tools. He's just a little bit smaller or just got a little bit under-recruited. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. some, some, if you want to watch like really, really, really high-end baseball, you, you go to a regional for any yeah, division I mean, two go to, go to the south or go to yes the, exactly in the, the south east I'm, yeah i'm talking about yeah, um, south any, southeast any any kind of southeast ridiculous. regional you can get into with tampa ridiculous uh, any schools like that or even in the east where it's like ridiculous you, know, you play the PSAC schools yeah millersville stuff like that yep um i mean those those guys were good man um i know dude one of you know my last years i mean it was extremely competitive yeah. I would say that the difference between Division Two and Division One baseball is not necessarily the peak, right? Obviously, unless you unless you have a, a Chase Burns or a Nick Lodolo at TCU or you know anybody like Del that, Lander. right? Like obviously those guys are in a lane of their own. Yeah. But you're the the difference truly becomes with the guys in the middle, right? Where you know where we would run out some guys who were 82, 85, right? And when I started playing ETSU, like, we didn't have that. You're running out a guy that's like 88. We, we were 88, 89. Correct. Right, who like threw a good breaking ball. Even then, even I have to disagree with that. Like at Lee, we weren't running out guys See, It just, 82. it depends, right? Exactly, high I mean, D2, like you're, I mean, Bro, we, had, we, we were had, having guys, the whole staff in 2021 when we won the conference, not, I think like 85% of the staff was 90 plus. Dude, our, our, uh, the first year we won conference championship, right? So this would have been 2018. Yeah. Um, one of our starters, legitimately, would throw fastballs at 72, and it was almost like he was playing a game with you. He's awesome. He's the coolest human being ever. And he carved. Carved. Not 72. Swear to God. That's lobbing it in there. Nah. That's BP fastballs on there. It didn't matter. He's carved. Carved. Yeah. And, and then on the back end, like, it was me who just got on the mound and threw. Shoved his, it down your throat. As <laughs> physically hard as I could. Correct. Um, with no intention as to where the ball was going. Yeah. And... Like that was, you know, kind of the like. Obviously, like there's a progression. Like as schools get better, as you get better, like you stop getting um, guys who are in the low 80s, right? Yeah, sure. There will be a unique guy who comes in who throws some weird slot. And he'll get in there. Um, but truly, though, like the the difference was, especially when we played like Virginia Tech or Tennessee or something like that, like. Those middle guys. They're average guys. But yes. Just yeah. Like, simply yeah. just better. Yeah. And, like, dude, t Tennessee brought out a guy in the fourth inning against us who was two to six and had thrown two innings on the air and we're 25 innings of the season and he's thrown two innings and he's two to six. It's two to six. And, yeah. And not, not just like a normal two to six, like a good carry ball, two to six with a banger. Yeah. And I was like, I, that's the, that's and, the and that's pretty much the difference between like a mid-major and, and a, and a power and five, an SEC, SEC school to or, yep. or a power five or anything like that. Like there truly, there truly is a difference. Um, obviously, you know, I, I love division baseball. 
I hated some of the, some of the moments that I had just as a player. I, my my story is a little similar to yours. We're like I didn't throw very much my first three years. Obviously, we both have scars on our elbows. Um, but like, there there were a lot of things that I wouldn't have changed about going to a Division Two. Same. Simply because like, you know, I met some of the best friends of my entire life. Same. You know, and the relation the relationships I think that you build in Division Two baseball are a lot different, right? To where like, I have friends who went to like. What I, what I consider at the time like rival schools, like you know we were we were in the PSAC, but um, but I I know a lot of the guys who I played against that were in the PSAC who like I call friends now, like I can call them if I need anything. It's always like a like a, how's it how's that Division two body holding up today? You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, um, the campuses are just a lot smaller. You you meet everybody. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't can't say the same for Lee, but like no, it was in, it was like the twenty people per yeah. class. Professor knows your name. Yeah, you, you know all the athletes on campus. They know you. Yeah, so there, there's like a there there's kind of an advantage to it, and I there think is. one of the things that really helped me as far as like wanting to develop myself while I was there was thinking about it like being on the island. You know what I mean? You ever heard that expression? Yeah, a couple times. Okay, so um, for anyone who doesn't know what I mean, we'll. Uh, it, it's essentially like when when you're on the island, like if you're in the Dominican, you have to be so good to be able to put yourself up on a pedestal to to have an opportunity. Just be like undeniable. Rick, you have to be undeniably good, especially at a Division two school. Yeah, are there guys who get drafted out of Power 5 schools who are three starters and post like okay numbers? They're like 92, 94? Yeah, 100%. If, when I was 92, 94, was I that same human being? Like, no. Did I think that I was better at the time? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I always use that expression to guys who don't play at a Power 5 school. It's like, hey, man, like, your whole goal is to get off this island, right? Which is essentially what you've done now, right? You've now, you know, taken yourself off of the island and given yourself an opportunity to be with an organization. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I view Division II Baseball. It's, you simply, you take what you get and yes. you work with it. And to add on to everything you just said, I really think because I'm done with it now, yeah. I have this perspective Correct. of it really does not matter. Really. If you go D3, if you go JUCO, if you go NAIA or mid-major D1, yeah. Like an opportunity at the end of the day is an opportunity. Correct. It is up to every person Correct. to do what they want with these 24 hours in every day to become whatever they want to become. Correct. You know, it's like, it's all on you. Yeah. It's all on you. Like in reality, it's all on you. Yeah. And if you really want it, you can make it out of the crappiest D2 in the country. You could. You just work your butt off five to 50 times harder than every guy next to you and you'll make your way out. It's just, it's up to you. Like, yeah. I mean, I would say we played a guy COVID year. Um, we played a guy, his name was Braxton Roxby and he was good, man. He was really, really good. He was two to six, I think somewhere around there. Just had a banger of a curveball. Yeah. And we threw in the same game and I was two to five and I was like, he kind of went head to head a little bit. I don't think he threw very well in that game. He had thrown well prior, um, just like really good stuff. And um, like the Reds took a chance on him. They were just like, dude, yeah, I mean, the stuff is good. And that was during COVID years. So there was five rounds. Yeah. They so UD UDFA'd him and like they took a chance on that guy. And that's at a Division II school that, I mean, they play in a, in a pretty stacked conference. Like PSAC's pretty, pretty tough. I've heard. Um, I've heard. Yeah. I mean, even even on Mercyhurst years, they had two dudes they threw against us in a super regional. That got drafted. Like, they yeah, were, they were good. Um, so like, I don't I don't think you don't have to go somewhere outlandish, right? You really don't. Massive goals to improve yourself. Even if you do go to one of those schools, there's no guarantee. If you just yeah. go through the motions 
at that school that you're going to develop three yeah. times fold no. of what you are right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and, it's all up to you. Yeah. And, that, and that's the tough part when you're telling an 18 year old, you know what I mean? Like, hey, like it's up to you to make yourself better. There are some who are, you know, intrinsically motivated or something like yeah. that. And who, but in general, though, yeah, in, in general, most 18 year olds don't actually see, you know, hard work, right? Where it's like, hey, like COVID just happened. I can't leave my house for six months. I was in the living room doing split squats with a 32 pack of Dasani waters, you know what I mean? Because I needed to do something. I needed some kind of stimulus on my body, you know what Had I mean? To. And, but I, I wanted it. I truly did. And, it, it's easy to see it now as like, a, oh yeah, I really wanted it thing. But to be able to describe that process to people of saying like, no, like we actually wanted it. You know what I mean? Like we actually truly wanted to get better. And that's really hard to, to, to tell a kid when they're 18 years old and it's like, hey, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're good. You're, you're good, but you're going but... to division two school, you know? They're like They're like, oh, well, you know, I'm only a division two player. And like, I don't think that's how you view it. Yeah, see, that's just, capping yourself at, at like you capping yourself at yeah exactly yeah. for no reason you're just hurting yourself but, at that point i mean you had teammates like that i had teammates like that oh of course like, who were just okay with what they were oh which is fine yeah. you know what i mean if, if I that's mean, if that's that. truly what you want at the end of the day like that's totally fine for sure for sure you know what i mean and and sure. some people are just hey man i'm here i'm here to get my degree and, correct and i totally understand that Correct. But for but that, the people who came to practice and showed up, went through the motions and said, oh, I want to be a big leaguer and I want to be Jacob DeGrom. Well, you ain't Jacob DeGrom. And if you were, you wouldn't be here. So, you know, I, for me, that was a perfect kick in the ass. You know what I mean? Especially once they cut open this elbow. Uh, it was wartime, man. And, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, you threw hard prior to TJ. I did not. I don't even know if you know that. I don't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah. Well, you were like 97, 98 before TJ? <laughs> and then like 104 yeah. after, right? Subtract 20 miles an hour off that and you, you'll be around where I was. Um, but yeah, so like, it sucks to say that, but like like having TJ was my motivator. It was my kicking the because I was pretty comfortable. I'll just be 78, 82, get my degree. You know, I'll do, I'll do whatever after that. That's the difference, though. That's the difference. Yeah, but I, I needed something, right? Mm. And, you know, it's all—it's good for me to hear that, like, you didn't need that. You've always had something a little bit different about you inside of you. You know what I mean? For sure. And I, I think, honestly, it's its uh, just the passion I have for the game. Like, I remember I, when I was at Columbus State, like, I have a bad game or bad outing or whatever, and, like, I'd be upset with myself, it was obviously. like the end of the world. Exactly, but then I go home and I watch MLB Network for five hours. You, just you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, it's just like everything. It's yeah. everything. Yeah, I breathe, I live, sleep, eat, breathe it. You know, so it's like that is what definitely, definitely helped me to keep going whenever I was not having success, yeah. not throwing well, not figuring things out. Is that my love for the game itself was like. I can't get away from it almost. Yeah. It's, it's almost like I tell people it's baseball is like a like a like a super toxic girlfriend. Ooh, preach. preach. By definition, you know, I came up with 100%. this saying like a couple years ago. It's like it's, it's that girl you can't let go. You love her more than anything in the entire universe, and when it's going well, it is going beyond well oh yeah but when it's going bad it's going beyond bad oh yeah and you can't step away from nope. it nope can't do it you know so it's <laughs> i mean it's, it's a perfect example but yeah it truly is the game is it's the most humbling thing that you can possibly yeah do. training's cool right we've talked about this I, I don't i truly don't care how well you train you know what i mean like obviously i want to get something out of you I want to apply a different stimulus. I want you to throw harder. I want you to throw better pitches. All the training is doing is setting you up to play the game. Correct. This game is what matters. Correct. Right? And man, is she a beast? I mean, because even for me, anybody can look at my stats. They're horrid. Horrid. I was a really bad pitcher. A really good thrower at one point and a really bad pitcher. 
And like I told, like when we first started to work together, how I told you how like, hey, like I don't need you to compare yourself to anybody else. I just need you to be Alan Carter. Like that's it, right? Because I spent so long trying to be somebody else. I wanted to be you Darvish one week and I swear to you the next week I was Tyler Glass now. I went through that phase too. Yeah, growing it, up. it's tough, yeah. right? When the game is throwing punches at you and you just can't block them or dodge them. You gotta you're figure something wearing, out. And you're just wearing them off the chin and it knocks you on your ass. It's really hard to get back up, right? Without having some sort of identity, right? Of knowing what kind of pitcher you are. Yeah. And it, it took me personally five years. Yeah. Of college. Correct. And it, it took me five years. It, you know? took, it took me quitting playing baseball. Yeah. Right. Being in here to be able to throw live ABs to be like, oh, wait, this is actually who I am. Like, and, and that's, a, that's a really hard point to try and reach because most people don't know who they are as a pitcher. Right. And that, and that's always why I told you like, Hey man, like, I don't care if you want to be Spencer Strider. I don't care if you, if you want to be somebody else. I just want you to be Alan Carter. Alan Carter's really good at playing baseball, right? And now we've blended this mold to where you don't have to be anybody else anymore because Alan Carter is unique, right? Alan Carter can throw the whatever the hell you want to call this thing, right? And and not a lot of people can. Not a lot of people throw balls that just do this. You know what I mean? Where it's just cut carry and no one does that, Right? So like now you're uniquely you, and I didn't, we didn't have to be like, hey, like let's let's copy Sanga. Let's try and be Kodai Sanga. <laughs> yeah, you let's know just what I mean? break down his mechanics. Yeah, let's and break, just let's break do the down same Kodai thing. and let's say that he's you, and that's true. That's truly not who you are. And now it's like, okay, how can we make Alan Carter the best version of himself? Facts, right? Which is facts. Truly, like that's where we're going now. And ninety-seven is cool, man. It really is. I'm super happy we got there for 96.9, whatever. Uh, you have to say that. And it, yeah, I know. In an indoor pen, but like, um, now it's like, okay, how can Alan Carter throw 100 and get dudes out at the big league level? And it's, I know that's crazy here because two weeks ago, it had been like, Jesus, man, I just, I just hope I throw a really good pen on pro day. I'll take a pack of Skittles. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a plane ticket at this point, man. I'll take it. And uh, and now it's like, okay, how can Alan Carter get dudes out of the big league level? And now there's going to be and and say say that's that's where we end up, right? You're a big leaguer, and now there's kids copying Alan Carter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So well, like, they probably shouldn't, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> Based, based, on, based on the history, I, I don't know that. Right Unless they right. just got really long fingers, then maybe they can try some. But don't do that. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I think the journey is. It, like I, I know we got you know emotional and stuff like that after all the signing stuff, so we don't have to be emotional anymore. But um, you know the true, the truly only the journey only begins now. Correct. Which is the it's the coolest part it's, about the whole thing. It's also wild to think about. I like everything that's led up to now is like not wiped, yeah. but just it kind of doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's, really it's clean slate. the next day after, you know, I signed with the Angels, like it was like my mindset was back to what it was always like, OK, get in here, put in the work that I need to to get a little bit better today and walk out of here knowing that I got just a little bit better. Yep. And that doesn't stop yep. whether I sign with who or whoever whenever like doesn't or matter didn't or, or anything get called up or yeah. whatever it, it yeah. doesn't stop yeah so now and, and now our process gets to be a little bit more like results oriented which is cool because um, now we get to talk more about playing the game like hey what are we doing this count hey what do we do this guy like yeah and, and, true, like, true, and, true. and now now like even even our player coach relationship even though I, I don't necessarily view it that way because um, I, I like I try and work with you guys just as I would my best friend right and i think that now that we get to go more towards a process oriented kind of situation where it's like hey like this will be a good time for you to throw a split right even though probably for you it's probably all the time except for 3-0 probably yeah yeah, yeah i don't yeah. i don't know that i do that probably not maybe probably i don't not. know i'm still a slider into that it, point. it, it depends it depends if, if you're <laughs> you're feeling up to it um 
but yeah, but like now we get to talk about playing the game, right? Which is the which is for me the fun part. Yeah, trust me, I I love doing pitch design and everything like that. But you know, all those things are just tools to get you ready for the game. So I'm glad that we finally get to do that. I'm looking forward to it. I literally have no experience. No experience. I mean, you know how it is, like Division Two baseball. There's no pitch design stuff like going on until I get here, and then we actually can get my stuff on TrackMan every single pitch, so we actually know what the metrics are, what everything's doing, and then going from there. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. For it should sure. Be exciting. Hundred percent. We got a big year coming up. We. Big yeah, big month, big year. A pretty big year, big pretty year, big, pretty sure. pivotal year in your for life. Sure. But at the same time, I mean. Just doing what I've always done, like really just focusing on my process yeah. and not obviously the results like are important. But like if you're always thinking about the results, for me at least, because some guys I know they can go out there and be like, yo, I need to punch out eight guys this game. You know what I'm saying? But for me, that's I have to just focus on what I can control in my process in terms of like, you know, my two mechanical cues that I'm working on or just trying to repeat whenever I'm on the mat and then whatever else happens, it doesn't even matter because yeah. it's not part of my process. Correct. Yeah. You know, so just continuing that and improving my mental side yeah. as well as obviously sharpening everything up as much as we possibly can before spring training and hopefully the World Baseball Classic. Um, we'll see. Feels so weird to say that. I, I just, <laughs> I know. Please don't wake me up. Oh, dude, no, we'll up. just keep living in the dream right yeah, now. Don't, don't, wake, don't wake me up yet. Yeah, but I'll let you know when it's time. Okay, please. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think that's all we got. Awesome. I 2023. Yes, biggest sir. year ever. Yes, sir. It's going to be. Appreciate you having me on, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you. That's the best one you have so far, isn't it? Nah, don't lie to me. <laughs> it's a hey, top two, but not two. Second. Yeah, what was, what was the best? Mitch right? Mitch was fire. How long was that? Like 40 minutes? 30 minutes? This talk? No, Hours? Hour? No. Bro, that felt like 20 minutes, bro. I swear. That felt like 20 oh, minutes. Your, your intro talk was 20 minutes itself. It's like, oh, they about to cook. <laughs> oh, my intro was 20 minutes? Yeah. Damn. Hey, we were low key cooking. When Hunter brought up, you got proud to throw there. That was like 20 minutes, then I'm like, oh, they about to cook. Like, because Hunter, even accident. Yeah. <laughs> they about to cook. I had to make sure I got those details from the upbringing, because otherwise the story wouldn't hit. I mean, we were low-key cooking, though. Sorry about it. Low-key, low-key cooking. Baby. Let's go. So y'all about to upload that to YouTube, too? Yeah. Bruh.